money, Jordan Belfer. Stacking penny stocks while I'm flipping these birds. Sipping on Ciroc, trip them up with the words. I done popped the molly and I think it's be my third. Jordan Belfer. What is going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim here bring you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the Sony Open as usual. I am here with Tyler Tambley. Tyler, what is up, my friend? What is up, my friend? My favorite American, if you're not going to call me your favorite Canadian this week, but that's okay. I'll forgive you, Kenny. I know Korean-American. Korean-American. Hard hard at work. The working man couldn't even stay up for that lovely football game last night where the whole world was dying for the tie, but that's okay. We'll talk about more. We'll get into it. Before we get into this show, though, want to remind everyone very quickly, this is brought to you and presented by DraftKings. Got a very special offer for you guys leading into the playoffs later on that we'll get to right before the DraftKings tiers when we go into it. And then, of course, our partners over at Fantasy National fantasynational.com slash FGD. Get yourself 20% off. The season's here now. I've had people reach out in DMs and asking me over at Run Pure Sports about where can I get stats? What about the in-round? What do I do for showdown? That's where you want to go. Use promo code FGD. Get yourself signed up for that. Kenny, Cam Smith, the mullet man. He just went off wire to wire and looked pretty damn good doing it. What did you think of this tournament? Super impressive by Cam Smith. Because you got to think about what he went through. I mean, he, he had the first day lead. Slept on it, came in and bogey the first two holes. At that point in time, you bogey two holes at this course. Uh, the way he was playing this past week, you're like, yeah, it's probably done. Uh, you know, but he fights back. No more bogeys for the rest of the round. Uh, I think he shoots, what, 25 under, 27 under for the next, what, 50 holes. Uh, pretty solid work. Actually holding off John Rom At the end of Saturday, I was like, okay, Rom's going to win. I mean, there's just no way, uh, you know, Cam's going to be able to hold on with the, the best player in the world breathing down his neck. But blow for blow, I don't even think Rom took the lead from him uh, at all uh, in the final day. I watched, like, the back nine. I, I didn't really catch the front. My old ass fell asleep. Took a little Sunday, Sunday afternoon nap. Uh, and, and, and I woke up just in time for that and the craziness that happened at the end of, uh, you know, the, the 4 o'clock games on, on Sunday for the NFL uh, but I mean, it was it was really impressive by Cam. I mean, just the the, the confidence that he has out there it, it really spoke a lot to me. I mean, you could see something big from him uh, this year. Just you know, the confidence he must have. Like I just beat the number one player head to head basically in the world. Um, you know, uh, on a birdie fest type of course. And uh, I, I I enjoyed watching it. I thought he played really really well. I think uh, he's going to be someone to you know to reckon with throughout the season uh and i you know gearing up for that president's cup and that president's cup team looks stronger and stronger every single week boy uh i think right now it's at plus 330 uh for the internationals maybe maybe we'll see we'll see we'll see how it goes i mean uh because these guys are playing extremely well i mean leishman was there part of the crew uh you know a couple of other guys uh cam davis is top 10 i don't know if he's gonna make the team or not you know adam scott's 10th in that thing and you got sungjae you got answer um, you got Neiman. Uh, it, it, it's a strong team. Young guys, guys who want to fight. You know, the total opposite of what the European team was at the Ryder Cup with a bunch of old heads. These are young, driven, you know, type of dudes. And uh, plus three thirty doesn't sound bad to me right now for an international team. I think I might go. Um, it is in North Carolina, about three and a half, four hours from where I live. So I'm contemplating going and checking it out. I, I would definitely go if I was you. I was going to say, I'm already excited just hearing you talking about that for the Montreal version that we will be going to. I can guarantee you that when it comes around, I believe 2000, 
24, but you talked about it, man. There was a narrative beforehand, a couple narratives, actually, I think I'll give you credit for it. I kind of thought about it, but you were talking about it and bringing it up. But one is the Aussies. You just mentioned it. Cam Smith, Matt Jones, Leishman, Davis, all of them right there in the top 10. Matt Jones looked damn good, by the way. So that was something else. That's something to keep an eye on for sure this week. And then the other thing, too, uh, you, you know, we joked about it, but it ended up coming true. I looked it up, Kenny, like the November Masters that we talked about. Remember Cam Smith set the record there on top? Of, I know DJ won it, but then Cam Smith was setting records and everyone was saying like, oh, well, it doesn't count this and that. And I got a gripe on that in a second too. But if you go back and look, Rom, JT, Cantlay, X, Decky, Cam, Imna, Leishman, all those guys are in like the top 15 at that November Masters, all in the top 15 or, or so at this tournament. So it was kind of the same thing, right? The creativity, undulating greens, experience, factors, all those things that came into it. And Cam Smith came out a victor. I will say that's my gripe, though, like the second part of that conversation. Same as it was at the November Masters. It's November. It's going to be different than what we're used to in April. Same as it was every time we've seen Trinity Forest so far. Unfortunately, no wind. There's nothing we can do, but it's the low scores. Like, I'm fine with them because it's not all the time. But what, like, what I hate is when people are out there talking about, oh, my God, Berger shot four rounds like that, and he's not even – he's just inside the top five. It's like – I talk about this stuff all the time, but it's all relative. They all played the same tournament. You want to go out and see the best players in the world, play the best golf. That's what we got. Cam Smith and Rom down the stretch, holding off the number one player in the world, blow for blow, like you said. And while you've got guys creeping up the board, like the Morikawas and JTs that decided took a few holes off or a couple sets of nines off. And that's why they didn't get to the top. Berger did everything he could, just wasn't enough firepower. But they're acting like, oh, those guys would have normally won a tournament. Well, I'll tell you what. I put up like 850 DraftKings points. That would win most tournaments this season that we're going to play over on DraftKings as far as DFS goes. It didn't win this week. Who cares? Like, you know, if my aunt had a big unit, she'd be my uncle. That's what we're talking about when we come down to this stuff. Like, it's just crazy the amount of times people are whining about the scoring. Maybe they can make it a par 72. It still would have had crazy scores out there. They tore it up. And then I thought it was interesting. I'll get your thoughts. My Brandel Shambly talking about the green books and how those are actually hurtful to people because you know they can overthink now and they can get all the stuff that they see and instead it just was pure feel and you and i talked pre-show but the cam smith putt down the stretch uh the last hole rom putting it like almost putting it in at the last hole like just everything that went down with that and the green books but what are your thoughts on the scoring how low they go everyone whining about it and then the green books in general I mean, there was no wind. I mean, this course is made for wind. I mean, you know, and it was really soft conditions. If it was firm, it'd be a different story, but they've got a deluge of rain, which we told you guys last week uh, for the last month. Same as uh, YLI this week. He's got a little bit of rain. Uh, now, you know, they did make the course pretty playable. I mean, the first couple of days was, you know, lift clean in place, but the balls were still rolling on the fairways. Um, you know, I have no problem with lifting the plate. Who wants to play a mud ball? Who wants to decide everything on a mud ball? People complain about that bothers me too. I mean, if it's going to be, I mean, like, why would you let, a, if you hit a perfect drive and there's a piece of mud on it, I mean, and that's going to cost you two strokes. It's bullshit. You know, it's sort of like the, 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 the one rule I want them to change now is, you know, uh, rolling into a divot. I mean, it's horrible. I mean, it's just, it's just stupid luck and it could cost you a tournament when you hit a great shot, you know, I, I mean, and the thing is like, it's not like this happens every year at, at Kapalua. Uh, I think the last time someone shot 30 under par better was Ernie Els. That was 2003. It's been 20 years yeah. uh, since someone did it. You know, it, it's just these, the conditions they had, it was right for scoring. It's going to happen at events on the PGA tour, uh, you know, and there's going to be events where, a pretty easy course, you're going to see a lot of wind and people are going to struggle. I mean, it's just 
it's just going to happen uh, that way. And that's just the way golf is. I mean, I got no problem with low scores. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, was going to say, too, you, you just said it, but there will be hard courses where everyone's going to complain about that, too. I, I like yeah. I just accept it for what it is. I thought the fun part about it, to be honest, was that the Morikawa and JTs that can pin seek down the stretch that you get to actually have that opportunity to see the, the the other guys that are still the best in the world up in that mix. Yeah. They didn't show up for the full four days, but they were still right there down the stretch doing their thing. Get to see some great golf that way, see what everybody's got in the bag going forward. And now we kind of can take it from there. JT, by the way, was written off by many after day one. I had plenty mm. of people in the discord, all the stuff that's going on and all the, you know, Twitter, everything you see out there. I'll never again, JT, this bones on the bag thing ain't going to work. All these factors, like he's done. And then next thing you know, he's just flying after it, putting up course records and stuff. So yeah, he's never done, man. Don't count this guy out. It's going to be one crazy year for him, I think. Yeah, a little little strange he's not playing this week because, I mean, you know, he's the yeah. Mr. Hawaii King. The guy crushes now, I guess, Cam is like the Hawaii Prince. They're both uh, dual winners of both of these events. Uh, I thought the most impressive thing was was the, the up and down Cam did on 18. I mean, he still had to get up and down like 40 yards. 50 yards, that's not easy, uh, especially on these greens. You let himself out an eighth, tenth of a putt, drain it for the win. I mean, it's pretty exciting stuff to yeah. hold off uh, Rom for that. I mean, you know, and personally, uh, for the DFS, uh, you know, I, I did some unofficial cash game cornerstones on, on Gump's Corner, had Cam, uh, you know, had JT top five, Leishman top 10, uh, and then Reed, who, you know, started slow but still finished top 15. So I ended up playing a little bit of cash, uh, which saved me. Uh, caused a winning week a little bit more than I normally would uh, in a small field event like this. This just felt like it because the lineup I had, I think it was those four, um, uh, Leishman, uh, Leishman wasn't a casting corner, so it was, uh, I, I, I forget exactly what it was, but I mean, I liked my lineup a lot. So I was like, yeah, I'll throw it in there. Uh, I threw played less than I normally do, but uh, still gave me a winning week. Uh, betting wise, I I try I added Matt Jones live at 100 to one on Friday morning, so that sort of hurt. He finished third, but I didn't really have anybody up there. Uh, I didn't have Cam, even though I had him as one of my cash game cornerstones for the week. So that was a little bit irritating, uh, but still positive week, positive to start everything. So I, I'm okay with that. I had a little bit of issues uh, this past week with you know with uh, what I've said on previous pod probably. So I've been going out with this girl. Uh, I've gone out with her a couple times, right? And I told her to uh, to listen to the podcast. You know, the thing is, like, I say that, but I know, like, ninety nine percent of the time, they're never going to listen to this bullshit. You know, who wants? What, what, you know, unless they're like huge golf fans. You know what I'm saying? And, and if I can ever find that, uh, you know, I'm going to try and keep that forever. But I mean, she wasn't a huge golf fan, but I, I, I guess she listened because I haven't heard from her all week. Uh, it was either it was either she listened to the Bigfoot episode, which I don't think that would be that big of a deal. Or because, I mean, I met her afterwards. Or it could have been when I was comparing, like, my penis size to Sung Jae and seeing how little it was. I was just joking, Eliza. Just joking. It's always better to uh, undersell and overperform is usually the way I went, you know. And so if you heard that and you're listening this week, give me a fucking call. Uh, anyways, <laughs> anything else before we get into this? We've got the National Championship game today, right? I mean, it's Monday. It's uh, Bama versus Georgia. Do you watch college football? I don't watch college football at all. No, I wish I did. I wish I had more time for it. I just, I just have never got into it, so I don't. I know you can play some good – there's good DFS tournaments. I played some tournaments tonight based on the fact to listen to Big T and the guys over at Run Pure, but, man, it's hard to keep track of, Kenny. There's so many teams. That obviously, being Canadian, much different. If you're down there, I know it's like you're born and bred into football, so you're watching it all the way growing up. You've got your college teams. You've got your NFL teams. 
so on and so forth. But for me, never really had much, but I definitely tune into this game tonight. I got it on in the background, ready to go. Right, So it's yep. half hour uh, away. I bet Alabama. We'll see how it goes on money line. Uh, from what I hear, I'm a stupid. So we'll see how it goes how it uh, for, yeah. for this week. We'll see. All right, before we get into the course and the Sony Open, let's talk about the Listener League. Tambo, you got it set up, don't you? Finally, man, we're back. We got the big news. Listener League is back. Willing to adjust it as well. They've given us the go, so we got to fill this thing up, guys. Get it out there. We'll try and get it into the YouTube descriptions. Maybe not for this week. We might not be able to, but going forward, we always sort out there on Twitter anyways. You can retweet it, share it. It helps us out. We definitely appreciate that. But 750 people max total. It's the same as it used to be, the $5 three max entry. It's a very balanced structure. It's 500 bucks to first, 10% of that money, 50 goes to 10th. So it's very balanced in between. Almost 20% of the field gets paid and gets double their money, goes to five to 10. And then of course you also have the setup where it's reduced rake. So it's just around nine or 10% rake. Can't get complete rake free, but we'll see as we grow things and continue to get the show bigger, get the tournaments bigger, all that stuff. There's definitely opportunity to go from there. We'll see how quick it fills up. I think last I looked, there was only like 150 in it so far, but people haven't been counting on it because it hasn't been there. So there's that news. Kenny, the listener league is back. The second news is the Tournament of Championships will be held this week. So the invites went out. We're about half full from those that won it. So people already saw it right away, got their reminders. Degenerates, right? They're already in there getting their little red button up in the top right corner of their app saying, whoa, it's finally happening. We're in. We're having it for this week. We thought it would only be fair that we do it now because we'll have our first Listener League winner going into next year's Tournament of Champions from this week's Listener League. So set it up. We were going to do winner take all, but we decided to make it so we'd spread the prizes out. A little bit of extra love there. Last place even gets a $20 DK ticket. That'll be for a future contest. But first is the big prize. So it's basically like a winner take all still because all the money and the opportunity and value is up there. So first is an annual DFS membership to run Pure Sports, the site that I work at. It's all sports. It's the Discord. It's everything you get possible on the entire site. It's an $800 value. Even when it goes on sale 25% off, you're still getting a $600 value. So it's a great, uh, great prize up top there. You get a $100 DraftKings ticket and you get a monthly membership to Fantasy National. I'm told that even if, yes, I know you could be members of all these things, it's just tacked on as additional. Plus you get the $100 ticket for DraftKings for a future contest, probably a Millie Maker. They're already loading up some big tournaments for this week I've seen. They loaded up a big 44-44 Mega for the Genesis, which is nice to see, but I'm sure there'll be a $100 Millionaire Maker coming up soon. You'll get that ticket as well. Second, gets a monthly Run Pure Sports, a monthly Fantasy National Golf Club, and a $20 DraftKings ticket. And third, gets the monthly RPS membership and the $20 DraftKings ticket. So should be fun. We're finally hosting it. We finally got it out there. We'll be as we continue to grow the show and get bigger, which you guys help us with, right? Hit the like button, subscribe, share it with your friends, do whatever you can possible to keep growing the show. We want it to be as big as possible, as many listeners as possible, all those factors that we're trying to get out there too. But that helps us out a ton and just makes these things bigger as it goes along. All right. That sounds good. Let's get to this week. Uh, we are playing the Sony Open. It's in Hawaii, Wildlife Country Club. Uh, a few trends. Before we get it, you probably saw him on Twitter for me last night. It was a little, I guess, uh, late night with Kenny. It used to be a little bit later. Now it's at like 10 o'clock because that's what time I have to go to bed. Missed the damn game last night. Went to bed in the fourth quarter before the fourth quarter started. 
uh, for that Chargers Raiders wild game. Wild uh, finish. I can't believe you went to bed. Because I mean, the Raiders are up by like 14. I was like, I'm just going to go to bed. I got to get up at four o'clock in the morning. I'm just going to go to sleep. And uh, that was a mistake. So uh, I'll probably stay up for this game tonight unless it's a blowout as well. But let's get to this week. Um, A couple trends. Only three winners here in the 2000s, this millennium, uh, have won this event in their 20s. Um, Russell Henry, Russell Henley, 2013, JT, 2017, Cam, a couple years ago. 15 winners have been in their 30s. Four winners have been in their 40s. Uh, so, you know, sort of like an old man type course. Now, you know, I wouldn't take this stat to, 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 to the gospel. You know, I mean, you guys, you got to answer Connors, Cam Davis, guys like that, all these young blood power who can go out there, and I think they can win this event too. But just something to you know, keep an eye on. Um, a couple of other ones, 16 of the last 23 winners here played the week before at the Tournament of Champions. Uh, I think in cash, I'm going to lean towards those type of golfers for the most part, uh, probably outside of my punt play. But for the most part, it's going to stay uh, in that zone. Uh, GPPs, man. I'm not worried about it. I'll play who I want to play. Uh, and the last 11 winners here had a top 15 in one of their three previous events leading up to their win at the Sony Open. So Wildlife Country Club, you know, 7,050-yard 7, 7, par 74, par threes, uh, 12 par fours, two par fives. The two par fives are some of the easiest par fives on tour. Uh, five of the par fours range from 400 to 450. Five range from 450 to 500. And two are short. Uh, the par four tenth sometimes drivable depending on the conditions. A uh, par threes are pretty short. Uh, you know, you're looking at you know 140 to 183, 185 on the par fours. So not too many long par fours. You see a couple over 200 uh, yards. So I don't think golfers are going to have as much trouble as they normally do uh, on par threes. The course is set up right next to Manalua. Hold on, let me see. Let me see if I can pronounce this right. Manalua Bay, uh, which can cause windy conditions. Uh, if the wind is down, this course is not too difficult to score on. Uh, the weather report as of now say it's going to be lighter winds until maybe Sunday. Sunday you'll see like 15-mile-per-hour winds, maybe a little bit more. Um, you know, in 2020, uh, Cam won with a minus 11, pretty windy conditions. Last year, I think Kevin Nall won minus 21, pretty tame conditions. I think we're going to see somewhere closer to what Kevin Nall year, uh, last year, was when it comes to scoring mid-teens, high, low 20s, under par winning this event. Uh, now, off the tee, golfers are going to see average-sized tree-lined fairways that are firm, flat, and fast, with bunkers and playing a few holes in water, only a factor on a couple of holes. The fast, firm fairways uh, makes this a difficult course to get your drive on the short grass. Uh, massive rollouts tend to happen here, and, 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 and you know, it sort of makes you roll out into the rough. Um, two of the toughest fairways to hit on tour are on this course. Uh, the 18th has been the hardest fairway to hit, on tour since 2012, only about 31% of golf balls land on the fairway. The 13th is the fifth hardest uh, fairway to hit on tour since 2012, uh, less than 40% of balls reaching a fairway. Uh, now, you know, you got to think about the weather. They have had some rain, but after watching Kapalua last week, they still got a little pretty good amount of roll on those fairways. So I think we can still see that even with wet conditions, as long as it doesn't like deluge rain on Wednesday or Thursday or something like that. Uh, the rough around the fairway, it used to be a lot higher. Uh, the, of course, I would say five, ten years ago, a lot more difficult because of how high the rough used to be. Uh, now, in the last few years, they sort of trimmed it down, uh, making this course a little bit more of a scoring fest 
a little bit more of a birdie fest. Um, now, uh, you know, while I constantly ranks in the 20 hardest rough proximity courses on tour, now you'd think, you know, with this type of information, driving accuracy is going to be important. Uh, but when you look at the numbers and trends and see that this is not really true, uh, only 16 of the last 60 golfers that finished top three here since 2005 were ranked inside the top 50 in driving accuracy for that year. Uh, two years ago, more than half of the top 10 golfers were below the field average in driving accuracy for the week. Uh, now, even though, like I said, about 18, uh, one of the most difficult fairways to hit on tour, it still plays as one of the easiest par fives on tour each season. You know, four years ago, or four or five years ago, when Fabian Gomez won, he hit 50%, you know, and was like tied for 60th in driving accuracy for the league. Brand Snedeker finished second, hit like 51, 52% of the fairways, was 56 in driving accuracy, finished second. Uh, the year JT won, 45% of fairways. Uh, and he shot 59 during the first round. Um, you know, so I think personally, the golf tournament's going to be one uh, on approach shots from off and on, on the fairway, uh, a lot of 125 to 175 proximity uh, and putting. Putting is going to be another one of these Hawaii courses. You sort of up the strokes game putting in your model, even though it is the most variable stat that you get for some reason. Um, good putters have tended to do well here uh, over the years. Uh, now, uh, you know, of the last 14 winners, all of them, except Patton Kazire and Kevin Na, last year finished the year inside the top 66 in strokes game punting for that year that they won. And we all know how streaky Kevin Na can get. I think he was like 80th last year. Uh, so just outside of that top 66. But we've seen Kevin Na catch fire and just go ham on these greens, walking them in. Um, now, on approach shots, golfers are going to see average to below average size Bermuda grass greens that are fairly flat. Uh, golfers need to hit as many greens as possible because there's a lot of trouble uh, surrounding them. And that's why this course can get difficult in the wind because if you miss these short fairways or you miss these small greens, you're going to have to de deal with like large, deep bunkers and the rough around the greens, usually a little bit higher and thicker than the rough around the fairways. The greens are usually firm, usually play around 11 on the stint meter. Um, you know, some comp courses, um, Mayakoba, Nine Bridges, Colonial, Harbortown, Copperhead, so those are some courses that you can look at when trying to get some feel of this course. Campbell, what are you looking for in golfers this week? You, you took a lot of the stuff off my page, Kenny. I think some of the stuff <clears> is the <throat> same. You know, the, the driving <clears throat> accuracy versus finding the fairway. A lot of the quotes, like you said, around getting the fair, hitting to the fairway, worry about it from there. But like, then you look at it, like you said, with the stats and the numbers, driving accuracy shows that it's not that important. Guys that got there that haven't been there with their driving accuracy numbers. So not as ideal. I think, like you said, the best thing, you know, the approach, Birdies are better around the green game because now we got we went from wide fairways to trunk down, bigger greens to smaller, undulated greens to flat is the difference maker, though. I think you said that, and that's the best putter wins. That's what we're going to see here, right? doesn't necessarily mean they have to be good at putting. It's who putts the best here, and you saw it. I think Rick Gaiman posted today, Corey Connors gained like 13 strokes at this course. He never gains with the putter, but when it's easier to see. So I think guys like him, guys like Sung J.M., those are the types you're going to want to look out for. And then I think another just quick note to make – uh, light of last week like so Kisner Kevin Na they showed up at last week's course now this is in my opinion way more up their alley I think in most people's opinions that follow golf you got to look at it from that perspective so hopefully they can continue it but ownership may come with that but if you go down the board right some of the other guys K.H. Lee Brandon Grace Abraham Answer, Lucas Glover these are the guys that I would expect to show up at a course like this more so and we've seen it plenty in the past 
with guys like Kisner where, you know, at the U S open, he's still in the mix and you're like, Oh, that's crazy. But you know, that's not his thing. He's not long. He's just there to pick up a good paycheck. And then the next time out he wins or something. Cause we switched to a course that short Bermuda greens, like he likes things like that, where it's just much easier for a guy like him to go out and play his game. So I think that's something to keep in mind as well, just cause they had a bad week last week. Don't write them off for this week. We've changed gears completely in that aspect. And it still should be pretty easy, but let's not get to 25 under or, or better because then we'll have people complaining again, Kenny. We can't have that. So, you know, 25 under or less, let's keep it there. It should be a good week, though, overall. Uh, let's go to the tiers. Before we get into the tiers, though, this week, want to bring you guys that special offer we've got from DraftKings Sportsbook. The NFL playoffs are here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is kicking things off with a huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. That's right, bet just $5 on any NFL playoff game, and DraftKings Sportsbook will give new customers an additional $280 in free bets if the team they choose wins their game. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have something to play for this wildcard weekend. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code FGD, and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code FGD at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. All right, so let's get to these tiers. Let's start up in this 10K and above range. We have uh, Mark Leishman all the way up to Cam Smith. How are you going this week? Yeah, and most probably know this by now, but Bryson DeChambeau withdrew with a sore wrist. I don't know if it was the 16 under he shot last week or maybe working on that long drive like they were teasing him about. But yeah, he definitely took off. Just a couple other notes before we do the upper tier, Kenny. Reevy, Garrick Higo, Lucas Herbert, uh, Herbert, uh, P- Pat Perez. And I think there's some more, but that was the, the ones that stood out to me at least today. All have WD'd and it's the field's getting sharper, Kenny. I get your cash game cornerstones right before we hop on. And I saw you have an email player, meaning the DraftKings email to update you that this person is now in the field and has a price tag. And I love the play. We'll save it for later though. So stick around. Let's do this top tier. We got Leishman, like you said, all the way up to Cam Smith. And here's the thing. We, you know, we've seen it in the past guys win. They're not going to win again. Guy won and got the price bump. I hope for lower ownership. I think Cam Smith just looks too good right now. I don't know if that's going to come true. It's still earlier in the season. A lot of people playing will know this and just stick with it, but I'm going to stick to my guns. I like Cam Smith. Don't care about the price tag. Remember, we're going back to six out of six now. If he's going to get through, he's going to have upside. So I like that. They're already a former winner. Everything lines up for him. Webb should be the most popular, I think, up in this range because he's 10-5. All the correlations, the stuff you talked about, Course history, just sorry, course correlations, comp courses, stats, everything that rolls with it. So I think he'll be popular, but I like Sungjae. I talked about that earlier with you just mentioning it. I I kind of briefly mentioned it, but him and Connors this week, uh, and Connors should be popular too, but Sungjae just looked so good last week. It's the type of course that sets up for him. Uh, We've seen him, you and I were there watching him win, not saying it's at all like the Honda Classic, but just to compare, tougher course than last week. We're seeing it where you have to just hit the fairway make your shots, go up and make some putts. That's what we've got here. And like you said, easier greens. That's usually where I'm going to see him struggle. Pretty good around the green game at times. I'm good with Sungjae. So Sungjae and Cam Smith 
sticking with the guys that played last week, my two favorites. And then Webb here as well. Just uh, I'm not going to be as high on him. I did bet him before the Bryson news. So I'm happy about that just because everything that lined up with that. But um, Cam Smith, Sung Jay, and a little bit of Webb for me. Yeah, I mean, Cam's my favorite play. After what he did to Rom last week, I mean, the confidence has got to be sky high. Uh, he's won this event before. So it's not like he doesn't know what to do with this course. Uh, I have no problem going back to Cam uh, at this price tag. I'm hoping for lower ownership too, but I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, we'll see. Maybe if we can get like 12%, that'd be nice, at 13%. Uh, I don't think we're going to see single digits from him. Uh, and, and it could be as high as 20%. We'll see how people go about uh, everything. It's still early on Monday. I don't have my ownership projections from GUP yet. So when I get those, you know, maybe, it, maybe it'll skew me a little bit. But I don't think so. I think I'm going to stick with Cam. Uh, my favorite GPB play in this range. I got two cash game cornerstones uh, in this range. I, again, I'm mostly sticking with guys from my cornerstones who played last week. Um, I'd say right now, my cash lineup that I've made, four of the six guys that are in the lineup have played last week. Uh, one of them did not. Uh, did not. One is the one that you're talking about. The other one is someone I really, really like uh, this week, and we'll talk about him uh, here when we get to the 7K range. Uh, but I, I'm going Sungjae and Mark Leishman, uh, both good performances last week. Mark, you know, shot five under, I think, on on Sunday and moved back like five spots you know, on, on the thing. But I'm not too worried about that. Uh, his iron game looks a lot better. Um, it, you know, you're not going to see too much driver on here. And that's basically been his weakness. His, his approach game, like I said, has improved here recently. He's been really good from 150 to 175. Uh, you're going to see a lot of approaches in that range, especially on the longer par fours. Uh, there's five that are 450 to 500 yards. So I really like Leishman, and I like so and, and, and good course history and good form also for Mark. Uh, same with Sungjae, good form, good course history, uh, all the way leading up to the end of the fall. Had a good showing last week in the top ten. Um, I think at, at Kapalua. Um, he has some decent history here as well. Uh, I like the way he always makes cuts, uh, makes a ton of birdies, top five in drafting points in the last, you know, 50 rounds in this field. Tita Green, he's solid par fours. He's very, very good. So I like Sungjae. And, you know, I, I'm probably going to play another person here because I go light on my cash game cornerstones and GPP. Do you think Decky is going to go overlooked? I mean, he played pretty well early on last week. Uh, this is the Masters winner. You know, he has the game. Uh, I'm not exactly sure about his course history here, but uh, what do you think about Hideki? Do you, you think he might be the lowest owned guy in the 10K range? Probably. He's definitely in five-figure range, so <laughs> he's going to go overlooked because everyone says the same thing I say usually. If he's that priced up and there's all these other options around him, he'll look, he, he does what he always does. He's going to make the cut. I would definitely bet on that. It's still, that's why the price is there, but it's what does he do after that? And that's the problem, right? I don't, you know, if he gets 33rd or something like that, that's not going to do any, any good for you. So that's where I always have the trouble. Obviously talented as can be, has the upside if that game is on again, those the flatter greens should be better for Hideki. I know he's the master's winner and he's comfortable on pretty much any surface, but we always would prefer Hideki on something a little bit more flat, a little easier to read. So uh, that could be a guy that you go to there. My question is though, Webb versus Sungjae. I know it's first look like we always do. It's speculation, no ownerships, things like that, like you said. But what do you really think ends up happening between Webb versus Sungjae at that sort of $200 price difference there? You think more people go to Webb because he's cheap or more people go to Sungjae because he played last week and played good last week? 
Man, I don't know. Webb's form is so good here that I think a lot of people will go that in that route. I'm not 100% sure. I'm no ownership guru, but just because, you know, and the thing about Webb is he doesn't really even need to play this, the tournament of champions. I think 2020 finished third uh, at this event, didn't play uh, Kapalua. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like not playing and, you know. There's just Webb courses. We know this. Yeah. And this, this yeah. is one that definitely lines up. So that's why mm-hmm. I wanted to ask. But I guess that'll be something to keep an eye on. But like you said, and, and I think Leishman is where you're already going to be different because even though he played well last week, he's a guy that I think less people would want to play at a 10K tag than even Hideki. Like it's just a guy where Leishman is sort of, you know, you're used to 7,800 or 8,500. Now you're looking at 10,000. Man, they, they should put some Best Buy pricing on him. 9,900 would have brought people in. 10K might scare some people out there, Kenny. So I like that you're going there and, and a little bit different up top. Yeah, I'm going that way in cash. Now let's go to the 9K range. you got to figure answer, and Connor's probably going to be pretty popular. I like Kevin Nam. Um, again, another former winner here. Played pretty decent uh, last week. Uh, you know, again, par four is really good, really good around. He's one of the best around the green in the field. So if the wind does pick up, uh, he should be okay. Really good from 150 to 175. He'll be hitting more of his approaches from that range than other golfers just because of how short he is off the tee. Uh, and he's one of the best uh, in that range. I think he's second in the field in the last 50 rounds from 150 to 175. I already put my bet down on Kevin. Now I think 25 to one, he's going to be uh, my lowest odds bet this week i do like because i mean win equity you know is there the guy was one like every year for the last four years uh so you know you you i think that you know when it, even over answer and now nah, the win equity or answer and connor's win equity is very very strong um I, i'm gonna have to i want to fade abe uh this week he's gonna be a fade for me just because he's played this course four times and really hasn't played that well and his form in the fall not the best now, can he go out there and do his thing and be amazing aid? Uh, AI, the answer? Of course he can. But, uh, you know, you got to sort of make some stands up here. Uh, you can't play everyone. I think I'm going to I'm gonna pass on him. And it's too hard. I'm a Corey Connors mark. I, I, I love his game. Uh, it's just I, I, I'm just hoping he doesn't go the route of Keegan Bradley. Uh, you know, and, 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 but the thing is, you saw his putter improve just a little bit last year i think he, he went from like 160 to 100 or something like that in strokes game plenty don't quote me on that i'm just guessing here uh from what i from what i remember looking at it so um you know and, and the accuracy off the tee how no wind if the greens are receptive i mean he could be hitting it close all the time and the guy went in an event earlier this year he shot what like 10 11 under and lost strokes putting uh, because he was hitting it so close every time. Uh, and I could see him doing that again this week. So I like Nah a lot. Uh, Connors, I think, is going to be very, very heavily owned. I would not begrudge you if you faded him uh, just for ownership uh, purposes, because it's not like the guy wins all the time. Uh, but I do like those two guys. Yeah, so here's the, I'll call it the Corey Connors conundrum, because fellow Canadian, of course, like to speak on this. But here, here's the problem, Kenny. You go back. I'm looking back to September and he, he lost strokes putting in every event except for one. And the one that he gained it in at the Shriners, he lost massive strokes on approach. So what that means and what that results in is a bunch of top 20s, 22nds, 24ths, 23rds, all these results where he's just not getting to the final. And look, I think he's way better than people give him credit for I remember last year at one point it was the Masters where he was 6,600 and, oh, you can't play him because he's chalk. Doesn't matter. He's just completely underpriced in that field at that at that spot. But now with this price tag, it's like 
you need him to do, do you need him to beat the top 20 because or you have to hope that his top 20 is good enough because everyone else around him fails and I just think there's too many other guys around him that's sort of the conundrum like I said that I'm in so I'm with you on Kevin Na I'm with you uh, right as of least of right as of right now against answer more so than with him because it, had, it didn't look good last week and it doesn't just maybe oh but he played last week he could line up more when you don't have your game on that course I'm worried about what you're going to bring to this course and it's a one week sample size it sucks it's bad. I'm just saying at the end of the day, that makes it a little bit tougher. I'll go back to Gooch. I'd rather take a shot with him. I think he looked a lot better, like you said, in the swing season. The ability, the upside, English, another guy, again, didn't have his best stuff last week, but this is a spot where the course for me is just better for him. So, nah, English, and then Gooch. I like those three guys as of right now here in this range. You know, it's funny. I think if it's a birdie fest, I sort of dislike English a little bit more. I mean, if you look at his better finishes the past couple of years, U.S. Open, uh, what he finished second or third this past year. Uh, the, the the events that he won, I think, what was it? Uh, Travelers. 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 Thirteen under. Thirteen under. Uh, I mean, those aren't really birdie type fests. I mean, so I, I'm not really sure about English. I do like your Gooch call. Let's go down to this 8K range. I'm gonna, you know, people are sort of already talking about Billy Horschel. A little bit worried about Billy. Uh, really bad tee to green last week. Now, you know, it could have been rust. It could have been. You know, one week sample, like you said, but I mean, like Billy's a streaky guy. Um, you know, when he's good, he's really good. When he's bad, he's really bad. A uh, little worried. This is his sort of downward, uh, you know, fall. Uh, not fall, but I mean, he'll, he'll eventually pick himself back up. So slightly worried about Billy Horschel. Uh, Kevin Kissner, I'll play. This seems like a course that, you know, is suited for him. I like the two guys down below, uh, lower in this range. I like Pop Seamus a lot um, this week. Um, you know, lots of birdies, iron game strong, tee to green good, best par four score in the field. You got 12 of those, um, you know, coming up this week in the last 50. Really good from 125 to 150, well above average from 150 to 175. And if the wind picks up, his short game is solid. I really like Seamus Power uh, this week a bunch. Uh, I think I even bet him uh, this week. And I like Cam Davis. Cam is going to be my third cash game cornerstone um, this week. Um, he's had a top 10 here in the past. Uh, again, I feel like this is going to be more of a birdie fest uh, than it would be, uh, you know, low scoring or higher scoring, you know, low teens or something. I'm thinking high teens, you know, low 20s under par. And those are the events that I like Cam because he can get hot with that birdie. Finished top 10 last week. Uh, he's got some, some mojo going. So I like Cam Davis. Again, another Aussie, seeing an Aussie win. So I got two Aussies in my in my uh, cash game. Cornerstones, they, sometimes they feed off of each other when it comes to that. You'll see runs by a bunch of Aussies. Uh, when, um, when one wins, you see a lot of good play from a lot of them. Uh, so I'm going Cam Davis as my third cash game cornerstone. A little risky. Uh, you know, because I mean, he's not the most frequent cut maker, but I like the fact that he played last week. I like his birdie upside. And I think this is an event that, you know, if it gets to 19, 20, 21 under, he can finish top five, he can win. And that's the way I've been going about my cash game, my cash lineup here lately. Uh, it's been so difficult with the top 65 to get six to six. Uh, so I'm sort of going a little bit more upside when it comes to cash game cornerstones, instead of just relying on golfers who I think will make the cut. Uh, so, I mean, all three of these guys, Leishman, M, and Cam Davis, I think can win this event. Five of the golfers that I have in my current cash lineup, I think can win the event. Um, so that's the way I'm going about it uh, for my cash lineup. So a little bit riskier, 
But I think that's the way you sort of have to play cash nowadays because, you know, people have gotten better at cash as well. You know, I play double ups. Uh, and so that, that's the way I, I'm going about it this week. But I like those two guys down below a lot, Power and Davis. Yeah, and I like those plays as well. I think Davis, again, just because of last week, and obviously we know with him what it is, he's going to be risky for the cut. But if he gets through the cut, you can get that you can get that upside where he finishes 25th but scores in the top 20. So you'll take that. I like a couple of H-bombs in here. I like Henley, obviously a former winner. Henley, go like two, two of these H guys, Henley and Howe. They go with the Sony Open. That's just their thing. You know, we've talked about Henley plenty of times in the past. It's like the Houston Open for him. He shows up there. He shows up here as well. So we like I like Henley, his approach game, everything he's got. If, if, again, I like that the greens to be a little bit easier for him. I want all of those things if I'm playing Russell Henley. Charles Howell, it's been an absolute print fest, almost like uh, Hoffman in Texas. Basically the same thing. I think they said this is the, the tournament where someone's made the most money at the tournament but hasn't won it is Charles Howell. So I don't know if he'll go overlooked with Davis and some of the guys there, but I definitely like Howell. And then here, I got one for you, Kenny. This is our our former guy. I know we said the Danielle Kang thing is over, but Mav McNeely, listen to this. Here we go. Coastal course, easier version, AT&T Pro-Am, comes second, 18 under, to Daniel Berger. We like that. The Fortinet champ came second to Homa, 18 under. You go low. Mayakoba, 11th. Uh, go back to the RBC Heritage, not, not a go low course, but a comp course for the reason of the fairways and the greens and situational came in fourth. So all of that, and he just continued. I just don't think he'll be popular in this range when you've got Kisner, Horschel, Henley, Power, all of that. And then my power take just goes with this like last week. So last week, if you recall, we were talking about Sam Burns and how cheap and good he could still be at 9,100. And then I said, when we got down to 7,600, you got Taylor Gooch. I said, that's like Burns light for me. He ended up beating Burns by one stroke. I'm not sure of the DraftKings scoring, but again, $1,500 discount last week. This is my thing here. I think power is the Connor pivot. I don't, you know, you they're the same dude. They're both extremely talented, have upside power, probably has more upside right now. The price probably didn't get adjusted enough, but I'm if you put both of them, that worries me a little bit more because I feel like it's one or the other when there's literally no correlation to make that be true. I'm just saying I see them as sort of the same guy where, yes, you have to get the cut. It seems too good to be true. But as I said, there's more worry for me with Corey Connors up there based on will he make a cut? Yes, he makes all the cuts. But will he give you the firepower for 9,600 that you need to get there? Again, six to six, more important than what we've seen needed as far as quote-unquote firepower goes in your tournament upside. But – you also need the rest of it to go right and still score the most points. Corey Connors has not been able to put up a good value on a $9,600 price tag, whereas I think Seamus Power can, and I think Seamus Power can win the tournament. He was right there last week, man, and I think Wiley, our boy, tweeted it out. He said, Seamus Power is a problem. I, I agree. He looked too good, and at 6600 that was just stupid. Guys like him, Homa, last week, 6700 those were two of our favorite value plays that we talked about. I talked about at Run Pure Sports, everything that they just were way underpriced for what we see. And they were in our season preview as well. Guys that we love for the season. Homa, I talked about getting his number early power, just a guy we had on the list of having a good season ahead. Well, this is the season. Now this is where we're expecting him to play well. And he just did. So I like power quite a bit. I think he could be a, a pivot off of Connor's same ownership, but save money and don't put the two of them in the same lineup together. All right. Seven K range. My favorite play, maybe on the whole board. Christian Bazidenhu at like $7,800. $7, now, here's the thing. Last week, 
in Hawaii, it's a little bit different. Putting is so important in Hawaii. Uh, last week, Cam Smith was the number one golfer in the field in strokes gained putting in his last 50 rounds. The number one golfer in the field in strokes gained putting his last 50 rounds this week, Christian Bezayden, who And But the thing is, that's not his whole story. When you look at his game, 17th from 125 to 150, 9th from 150 to 175 in this field, last 50 rounds, top 15 in strokes gained around the green if the wind picks up, top 15 in strokes gained par four scoring uh, in this field, last 50 rounds. I put a bet on him. I think he could win this event. He is my favorite play probably in the field. Um, I don't see his ownership being that high. I don't move the needle that enough. And I don't know how many people are talking about him. Uh, he is my favorite GPP play, probably in the field. I like Bez a lot. Um, my other play up top is going to be Joel Dahman. Uh, again, another guy who I think is cash worthy. Uh, not one of my cornerstones, but again, tons of birdies, really good from that range, 125 to 175. Once again, Iron Game has been really, really strong here recently. Top 20 in the field in strokes can approach. I really like Joel. I think he can win this event as well. Uh, I think I put a bet on him, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, you know, a lot of my bets are going to be from like that 30 to 66 to one range. I think the majority of them are all in that range. Uh, and, and I like that range for this event uh, this week. Who do you like up top in the 7K range? Yeah, I was going to say just about the 7K range in general. It's definitely more, oh, look, we're at the second event of the year. Most of these guys, if not all, were not, you know, there was a couple there. I shouldn't say if not all, but like Joel was there last week, but I'm going to say most weren't there last week. So it's the most people are getting their season started. You're going to have to take some shots. There's very little to know about these guys coming in. Of course, past history, all those factors you can put into your model, do whatever you want, but going to be taking some shots. I love the Bazudenhout call, just an all-around game. We've seen him show up at majors, things like that, but I mean, this is an easier course. Got the all-around game. He's the putter that can get hot. I like Chris Kirk still. He's at the very top at 7,900. A guy just that I play when he's priced under 8K pretty much any time just for I think the upside is there. A top 20 would be great. I think he's got that capability. Keith Mitchell is a guy I would take a shot on. I think he's good in this range. Brendan Todd, Damon, who you mentioned. And then going just under 7,500, but Denny McCarthy, another guy that we know can get hot with the putter likes Bermuda, all those factors. And again, the stats won't show up great across the board, but he's top 10 in the field in putting over the last 50 rounds as well. So I think Denny McCarthy is a good play here also. All right, let's get to uh, the bottom half of this range. Why don't you just keep going there, Tampa? Yeah, a couple others I had here. So uh, Keegan Bradley, take some shots. Again, never know what you're going to get with him, but the upside is there if he makes the cut. I, I know Grillo is always a, a popular guy that you can go to, but I think uh, I would take a shot on Bradley first. I like Patton Kazire going down from there again, all those guys that went through. So Reevy, Higo, Herbert, they're all out. If you're, if you're not paying attention, make sure to keep an eye on that. And then you get to sort of the range that I hinted at off the top, Kenny, is some of these guys last week. So KH Lee, Brendan Grace. These are the guys that were out there last week. Stewie Sink that I'll still take some shots on all three of those guys, just because they played last week. The course really didn't suit them as well. Like if you look at Stu Sink, won the RBC Heritage. That sets up as sort of the, the tiny fairways, tiny greens need the complete game. I think he's fine. And then a couple more bombs that I'll take here, Kenny. Um, Chad Ramey, guy we were following in, in the swing season, plays some really good golf, makes a ton of cuts. At 7,100, I like him. And then Alex Smalley, 
another guy I know, uh, Sky Skyler Skyhoke. He he always talks about this guy and Monday Q info. They always bring this guy up, and you go look at his stats and his numbers. And also, I believe Smalley this week. I could be wrong on this one. It's somebody in the field has. Oh no, it's Adam Svensson has Tim Tucker on the bag. Bryson's old caddy. So I wonder maybe that's why Bryson got a sore wrist. Didn't want to show, show up and see old Timmy Tucker out there on the field. Who knows? But um, Alex Smalley, I do still like in here. So uh, Sink, Grace, Ramey, Smalley, and some KH Lee. Yeah, this is a Brian Stewart course for me. Short course. Uh, he tends to get do well. And, you know, he's never highly owned. You'll get him a three, four, five percent. I think he makes a good GPP play. I mean, his, his stats are basically above average across the board. Once again, really good from 125 to 175. Uh, I think he's top 25 in the field in both in the last 50 rounds. So I do like uh, Brian Stewart here. Pat Kazire, a former winner here. Uh, he can get hot. That's the thing about Pat. Um, you know, on a birdie type fest, he can get extremely hot and just start pounding birdies uh, down on the field. I mean, he's 7,300, but he's top 20 in both DraftKings points and birdie or better percentage in the last 50 rounds. So, you know, I, I like those two guys uh, a lot down here. I'm not the biggest fan of this range, uh, but those are two guys that sort of stick out to me uh, when it comes down to GPPs. All right, so let's get down to the 6K range. My final cash game cornerstone, I don't even know if he's – he is on DraftKings now. They just emailed him in. It's going to be Ryan Armour at $6,300. The reason I like Ryan Armour is made three of his last four cuts here. He is the quintessential short coastal course baller. This is the type of course where he will finish top 35 pretty often. Uh, you know, uh, I think he has. I think three of his last four finishes have been inside the top 35 in this field um, or in this in this event uh, for the last four years, this is just this is just screams Ryan Arm when you see short coastal tracks. Uh, and so I'm just going to go ahead and put him down uh, and play him as my punt play in cash. So so I can afford five other guys that I think can win the event. So, I mean, when you get down to it, all my other golfers, I think, are seventy six hundred or above. Uh in cash except for him and i have two 10k guys so my cash game cornerstones this week are going to be sung jm at 10,300 mark leishman at 10,000 cam davis at 8,000 ryan armor at 6,300 that should still leave you like 14.7 uh, around there 14.6 uh to fill out the rest of your lineups other guys uh, i do like in this range you're going down i mean i, I might go a little hank the tank uh, up in here uh, if it becomes a birdie fest, he sort of f- fell down a little bit towards the end of the year. I'm not super high on him, uh, but I can I can play him this week. Uh, other guys that I like, um, uh, I'm not the biggest fan. I, I could go with Fenson. I sort of like that. I like that uh, that narrative with Tim Tucker out there helping him play. And the guy, yeah, he had a decent. Uh, he had a couple nice appearances uh, in the fall this past year. Who do you like in this range? I was just trying to look it up to make sure it was Svensson live, just because I'm almost positive. Yeah, Svensson had Bubba's former caddy, Ted Scott, on the bag. Uh-huh. But, you know, Scott is now with Scotty Scheffler. So that is right. It is Tim Tucker carrying for Svensson, who I always like. So I'm in on Svensson. I love that was the guy I teased earlier that you showed when you sent me the thing right away. I was like, damn, the people are getting sharper. Even even Kenny following along on the email chain. I thought maybe you'd be too old for that, but you caught it. No, and Ryan, I got Arnold, it from I got it from Rob Bolton. Okay. 
I was going to say, because damn, this guy, but you got, you had his price and everything. You knew he was in the field already marked in, but for uh, the other thing too, is they talked about Kenny, just uh, that I love with Ryan armor is always the fast and firm setup. So not only all the things you mentioned, but we're going to get that as well. That's just sort of his bread and butter, the approach game, everything there. And then if he gets that putter hot, so I, I really like the Ryan armor call. The thing is we can talk about him all we want. The guy will never get the ownership that he should, you know, if he gets to 8%, who cares? Like there's 92% of the lineups out there don't have him. So I'm fine with that. Ryan armor. The other guy that got in at 6,100, I kind of like is Von Taylor. I know he had some injury stuff last season, but again, seems too cheap for the upside. I'm not saying you play them both together to jam everyone, but just using that as an example, Svensson, uh, Roger Sloan, you know, I always like his game, him and Whaley, very similar games. They're at 6,500, 6,600. I like them. Homeless hubs, Mark Hubbard, anytime, you know, you can get him at 6,600, Bermuda, go low potential. I think he's a good play. And then the guy, another guy, I like Chad Ramey earlier. I kind of like Grayson Sig as well. I think he's an interesting play down here. So I'll, I'll, I'll talk about him. And then any love for, uh, I think it's Kaeda Nakajima, the world number one am, had a little solid showing at the Zozo the time he played. 6,800, Kenny. Price way I'd up. Play, for, uh, I'd rather I'd rather play Max McGreevy at yeah, like sixty nine hundred. Couple of top twenties out there. I mean, in his short time, you see he's putted pretty well on Bermuda. Uh, so I like McGreevy probably better at sixty nine hundred. Hudson Swafford I probably like a little bit better as well. Uh, you know, the thing about Hudson is uh, the guy just makes every cut here at this event. I, I, he's just a cut maker supreme at the Sony Open. If you need a guy to just try and punt and make a cut. And hopefully your other five guys ball out. Uh, Swafford could be the guy. Uh, you know, those are where I'm going so far. I'll probably add a few more. I do like your Hubbard call uh, down there. Um, so we'll see uh, how the rest of that goes. But, I mean, I, those, those four guys are the ones that I'll be focusing on. And I'll add some more throughout the week. And, and I forgot one more guy that I actually really like this week in the 7K range, lower 7K range, is Adam Long. Adam Long's another guy. Again, you're going to take some shots, take some risk. But uh, the one thing that stood out for me was the Mayakoba. If you go back to look at that and how many times he showed up at the uh, El Chameleon and, and had good rounds there, that really correlates with this course. And we've seen him go out and win, right, and be in the mix and all. It's 7300 bucks. I think he's a guy in that range that might go overlooked. That is another good play in there. So Adam Long, and I brought it up because when we get to the bets segment in a minute, I did bet him as well. All right, so let's get to the bets. Uh, first off, I got Kevin Na at 25 to 1. Um, Seamus Power at 40 to 1. Billy Horschel, I ended up betting him um, just because I don't think I'm going to play him in DFS. Because the thing about it is, when you think about Billy, his ball strike is usually a lot better. He still finished decent last week. So I, I'm, I think I'm going to bet him and not play him uh, on DraftKings is the way I'm probably going to go a little, little life hedge when it comes down to it. I got him at 45 to one uh, Cameron Davis, 60 to one uh, Joel Dahman, 50 to one. That should be, Oh, and Bazina who 60 to one as well. So I got six today uh, ranging from um, what, like I said, 25 to one to 60 to one. That's sort of the sweet spot that I'm going for. Uh, this year. So I'm going to go in that range. I might throw in a couple of long shots later on, but I doubt it. I think this is going to be my course six. Yeah. I went mostly outside of that. I did hit Webb 17 to one early just because I, I wanted to hit that one. So I liked him right out of the gate. And then the Bryson news came. I'm not sure if it adjusted yet. I didn't check it, but I got that one. Cam Davis 60. I know there's some better numbers out there, but that's what I got him at. Steel 80. 
McCarthy, 90, and then Adam Long. I love a good long shot. His Twitter account is a long shot. Love that name. And got him at 110 to one. All the guys that I mentioned, 60 and above, are with the top five each way as well. One and done. We're starting it off. Beginning of the year, I'm going a little off the wall. Are you allowed to tell your pick, or, or did oh, you already no, win the I'm, tournament? I'm going Bazid and Hoot. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm going Bazid and Hoot as my one and done for the week. Okay, and a reminder too, guys, if you haven't hit it up yet, Mayo's got the the race for the Mayo Cup. You can hit it up. It's $125. Hop in there. We're in it. That's what we're doing this in. So you can put, I think, five max entry. But uh, I just did this week, Kenny. I said, I like said, look, not going nothing crazy. Cam Smith, well, he's hot. Webb is an opportunity if you want to roll him. Howell, if you want to go down the board for the course history and just the print fest cash machine and save some of these guys. But I'm not the best to talk to when it comes to one and done. I think pretty much everyone that has to talk about one and done or uses it for content is pretty horrible at it. They all say the same thing that I just said, and I think it's true. But there's some good guys out there that are just crushing it every year. So reach out to them or find some better tips if you want to. There's a couple videos out there. I know Mayo. Rick Game and some others did some one and done content around how to play it and be better with it or smarter with it. I am not good enough to do that or, or pay attention to that. So I'm just making my picks as we go along, trying to rack up the cash and, and see if we can get this thing done. Yeah. You know, uh, all right. So you can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. Um, you can find my article on gupscorner.com every week. I do my course preview stats to look for trends. And then Wednesdays, I'll add, like, my final Cascade Cornerstones. Just to let you know, Cascade Cornerstones ended the fall hot. We're going to try and keep that going uh, this week. If there's any changes to them, it'll be on Gup's Corner. Uh, let's say someone withdraws or something like that. Uh, I'll have my favorite GPP play, single GPP play in each price range. Uh, also, uh, on Wednesday on Gupscorner.com and also my final betting card. So make sure you head on over to Gupscorner.com. And you can find me on Twitter at ToeTag and Tambo. Hit me up there if you guys have any questions or want to know anything. We can go from there. Other than that, Run Pure Sports. Get signed up. Talked about it earlier on. You can use promo code DGEN50, D-E-G-E-N-5-0. Get yourself 50% off your first month. And, of course, don't forget about the Listener League. We've got it back. Everyone asked for it. We got it back. It's ready to go. Sign up for that. Up to three entry max. And we'll have that going forward for you guys as well. All right. That sounds good. We get night golf once again which is always fun first real full field event of the tournament i'm excited i'm ready to go let's win some motherfucking money dj nation i've been getting dirty money jordan belfer stacking penny stocks while i'm flipping these birds sipping on syrup trip them up with the words i done popped the molly and i think it's be my third Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.